You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. Welcome to the Locked On Hornets Podcast. I'm Walker Mail alongside Nada Edwards and Doug Branson. They're back with me today. Check us out all on Twitter at Walker Mail, at Nada the Scribe, at Doug Branson LOH, and you can find the show handle on most social media platforms at Locked On Hornets. So a Zach Lowe piece dropping today. Zach Lowe writing about Kimba Walker and his rise to the top. I'm still salty. You all right, Nana? No, I'm not all right. Because you wanted to do a piece on Kimba, correct? Yes, exactly. Kroger beat me to it first, and then watching Zach Lowe just crush the building on this piece, like, I'm I'm still bitter. So, like, this is just a control beat that you're having to write over, having to rap over. It's just been done too many times? Yes, exactly. No, <laughs> no it's more like who shot you, really. Yeah, but yeah. I'm still bitter. He so, said he said it ruined his entire day. I saw that. And I saw there were two <laughs> tweets. There were two tweets by Nada. One was Zach Lowe puts out the article and he puts in quotes internally screaming. And then the other one was it ruined his entire day. Yes. If you know anything about me. Which yes. now I know a little bit more about you that this ruined your entire day. Can we still talk about it? Is that all right? Uh, we can. Is that okay? If I don't participate, I don't want to ruin your day more. I do want to talk about this piece, though. I feel like it's something we should probably talk about. We it, can. It makes my day when national commentators pay attention to the Hornets or Kimball Walker or really anything involved with Charlotte, North Carolina. You know, and I saw on Twitter that Zach Lowe was in Charlotte. I don't. I think he went to a game. I, I saw him tweeting it or somebody tweeted it. Maybe he went to a restaurant. It was Haberstro. Well, it was Haberstro. That's exactly right. Haberstro went on the low pod, and they. Did, I think they were in the hotel room or something, and I guess he was recording there. That's exactly where I saw it. But I guess I wondered why he was in Charlotte, didn't put two and two together. Sure enough, it was on a Kimba. Now I just want to know what restaurant Zach Lowe would go to in Charlotte, North Carolina. Yeah, Probably well, Enzo. Is that, is that the one you're on? So if Zach Lowe shows up to town and he asks, hey, what's a good place? place to eat i'll go there which one are you saying that's the place you need to go it's the only place you need to go if you don't go to any other food or any other restaurant well the popular answer would be enso because everybody loves going to enso lebron loves going to enso wade loves going to enso and i'm pretty sure i'm not breaking any news when i say this but for me personally i mean there really isn't one like direct spot maybe prices well see i gotta figure out That's if right. they're yeah if they're if they're down to to try something a little dirty or if they're just <laughs> right. if they want to play it nice in the sheets you know mm-hmm. i gotta figure that out first because if if they're okay to play zach Lowe seems like a nice in the sheets kind of guy that's what i think he, i don't think he's very dirty yeah that's what i think so i'd probably probably send him somewhere in uptown one of the nicer restaurants uh, there, there's several of them uh but dandelion market i guess would be one that i would say yeah hey, that's kind of cool it's sort of in between nice and dirty but i would i would send him to midnight diner it's right. It's right across the street from uh, the the uh, studios here. Yeah, if he wants to run into a crime, then Midnight Diner would be it. And listen, been, you got a lot be, of reported but, crime. But the food is that good. Oh, it is good. The food I love is that chicken good. and waffles, man. Man, look. At some point, when we talk about again, and I may put something on Patreon about this at some point. We gotta talk about some of the stories I have from that from Midnight Diner. <laughs> yeah, I imagine there's, I imagine a lot of people sounds have like some a Patreon story. series. Stories from the Midnight Diner, <laughs> Part One. Nada, I, I love it. I'll I'll listen to that right now. All right, so I apologize, Nada. Let's try to get into it a little bit here if we have to. Yeah, let's do it. So Zach Lowe, he writes a piece on Kimba's rise to the top. It starts off. I, I love the way it starts off too. It starts off with Kimba's pre-draft workout with the Bobcats, and Kimba turns to Steven Silas and he says. 
man, this line is far. Talking about the NBA yeah. arc, shooting from the three point line, and he goes, "Are you sure? Is this regulation? Is this is this, uh, is this right? This I don't looks know. a lot different Let's than measure. when I played at UConn just a season ago." And so now you look again. You we've talked about this quite a bit. You look at his stats in the early going. It's rough, man. And the efficiency yeah, is completely absent. You know, he shoots 36% from the field. Just for an example, that's less by a considerable amount than what Trey Young is shooting from the field right now. So Kimba finished at 36% from the field. He shot 30% from three. The next three seasons, he would only shoot over 40 once, and that was in his sophomore year. He never shot above 33% from beyond the arc, and he never averaged more than the 17.70 he averaged in his second and third season. So Kimba, not very good start to his NBA career, no. certainly efficient, uh, certainly efficiency-wise. And then that's when he takes a big jump. He goes from the 30% that he shot from 3 to 37, and then that field goal percentage ticked up all the way to 42, 43. And yeah. so there you go. And then he would st- steadily increase every single time and continue to increase his scoring output and, and, consent- and continue to increase his uh, scoring efficiency. And so now here we are with Kimba, Zach Lowe, stealing pieces from my boy Nada, giving the Kimba Walker and the Charlotte Hornets some national exposure. And so now I I think when you see this from you see Kimba, it, it's such it, it's so hard to let go of Kimba, which begs the question of what we do for the future of Kimba. Right. Yes. Like, I feel like we all want to keep him. But now it's a legitimate question, especially if this guy is going to be eligible for a Supermax contract. Here's the thing, though. I've been on the you keep him no matter what and figure it out later because the whole bird in the hand is better than two in the bush analogy. But there is something that was brought up in that piece that was very like poignant for me, which is that there is an option where you're just going to pay him, what, about 37, 38 flat, which is the three for 163. And I, I'm so horrible at math right now, and it's probably a whole lot more than 30, 37 or a whole lot less, actually. But the three for one six, the five for 163 is essentially what I'm probably hoping that he takes. I didn't think initially he would take 5 for 163, but it sounds a whole hell of a lot better than 5 for 189 at this point. Kimba did the thing that is extremely difficult for very skilled offensive players to do. And despite the inefficiencies that he had early in his NBA career, we have to remember that he won a championship for UConn because he was a skilled offensive player. But he did the thing four years later that is very hard for NBA players and skilled offensive players to do which is go away from what has made you successful. That little pump fake from the three-point line, getting to his mid-range shot, that's what we saw for the first four years from Kimball Walker. That's the thing that he liked to do and you know drive to the basket as well. But he completely shifted what he thought made him successful so that he could be an elite NBA player. And it's something we've seen Carmelo Anthony unable to do, mm-hmm. and and he's on his way out of the league, and Kimba Walker is thriving. And so much credit going to Bruce Kreitzer in this, and we've talked about him and his ability to affect Kimba's shot, and I love this story that Zach Lowe mentions, where Steve Clifford, he brings Steve Hetzel, and he brings Bruce Kreitzer both into the organization to help Kimba Walker, along with, uh, obviously, all the other players, but Kimba was a main focus. Yes, and he was. when Bruce Kreitzer came in, he noticed that Kimba Walker, he wanted to switch his release a little bit to the right, and also he wanted to get him shooting on his toes rather than shooting on the balls of his feet. And so Kimba 
going at it constantly, continuing. It became very tedious. He kept working at it, and nothing was changing for him in the offseason. And he goes to Steve Clifford, and he says, man, I, I think I've just put too much work in. I think I want to go back to the old way I was shooting. And Steve Clifford it references that he was taken aback because Kimba's such a grinder, but also that Kim, that he said to Kimba, sure, and you can shoot 32% from three for the rest of your life and be a middle-of-the-road point guard, although it looks like there are probably some other people remember it very much so hard. Yeah, uh, a lot, lot harsher, and I believe those people. It because and and Cliff was right. Cliff was absolutely right. He could have kept the same thing he would have done, and he would have basically been looking at the three point line like I look at my bank account. Well, Clifford knew the math. <laughs> like the, whatever you wanted to say about Clifford, he saw the the revolution happen, and and he saw it coming to a certain extent, and he knew it was only going to get faster and and more three point focus as the years went on, and. Kimba was a grinder. Kimba would have grinded that mid-range shot and made it, you know, his signature and and probably been okay, but his efficiency would not have risen because he was not going to be a good three-point shooter and and people were going to force him out there. They were going to try to take away his mid-range shot. And so kudos to Clifford for yeah, for helping. Absolutely. And so the getting to the contract real quickly before we take our first break, it, this is again, he it looks like now if he were to play at this pace 20 games into the season, I think we're at our first check mark of okay, shit's kind of yeah. getting real right yeah. now. Like so he gets to that first check mark. Now it seems like an all NBA selection is within grasp. Yes it is. So we went before we came on the show today, we were discussing some of the players that might interfere with that. Steph Curry's going to be ahead of him. Uh, it looks, you know, I think Russell Westbrook gets ahead of him just because I think the numbers are going to be too gaudy. And as I told you, let's see how many games. Sure, he plays. and sure, and the injury factor I, I think is legitimate. Which sounds there. like kind of a threat <laughs> when Nada says it the way he says. Well, it. Let's see just how many games he plays as he hides the tire iron behind his back. Uh, I think James Harden certainly is going to make it there, and then you had Dame Lillard make it last season. First team. That was kind of our guy that we look yeah. at. Can Kimba keep pace? with the Damian Lillard statistically, and if so, then I think he probably makes it and probably takes the spot of Victor Oladipo, who made it last year. Here's the thing I would add, though. Here's the thing I'd ask. Depending on who they bring in for help, and there's going to be help coming. There has to be help coming because I think, as presently constituted, you're discussing, burns out. You're, you're saying this year there's help coming? You're that confident? There has to be. There has to be. If the help comes and it's the right kind of help, Kemba's going to be solidified in that, in that all NBA team. I wonder if he's if he's going to burn out by I don't know February March, and then he's clinging to some kind of all NBA nomination. Because I think people look at his usage percentage right now and, and wonder a little bit if they did bring a second score, if they did bring a Bradley Beal, would that take away sure. from from Kemba's pace and maybe knock him off? And I say no. It's, it's only going to, to help Kimba because, just as Nada said, it's going to prevent burnout. What, what Kimba needs is sustained success, and the only way he does that, I think, is if that usage percentage can come down just a tick. So, And then Zach Lowe into this gets, if he were an all-NBA player, do you pay a top-20 player into his 30s? He would be 29 at the time of this contract. Do you pay him that Supermax contract that would take him until he's about 34 and then yes. just live with the progression however it goes, whether it's fine, whether it stabilizes and he actually is the superstar, or whether it wanes because you don't think he's going to age all that well. Here, the, I think you have to pay him no matter what. Five for, 20, for 221 is a ridiculous amount of money, 
But at the same time, you can't necessarily – if that's going to be the difference between losing him and keeping him, then you pay him. If it's not, then look, find a, find a nice little happy spot that's going to make everybody happy. Whether or not you think Kimba Walker is a superstar or not, right now he is playing superstar-level basketball. If that continues, you don't let superstars walk away from your franchise. You pay the man. I completely agree. Certainly comes with its risk. Certainly think it's worth bringing up. Ever since I started this podcast, people have been asking me for advice, and usually it's the team to bet on this week. But the truth is, I have no clue who's going to win, especially when we're doing the Hornets podcast. I have no clue if the Hornets are ever going to cover. I have no clue if they're ever going to win. They lose to the Hawks, but they beat the Milwaukee Bucks. But you got to check out my bookie. Remember, where you're betting at is just as important as who you're betting on. That's why I always tell people to go to mybookie.ag. I would only recommend a service to listeners if it's been good to me, and that's why I'm telling you about my bookie. You win and they pay. My bookie has been in this business for years. They have great reviews online, and the mobile site is very easy to use. You can lay down a wager whenever and whenever you are. So join now, and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. But you have to use our promo code locked on, all caps, space in between, locked on to activate the offer. You can visit mybookie.ag today. You can play, you win, and you will get paid. We'll take a quick break. We'll preview the Atlanta Hawks. We'll get some of the Bucks takes that Doug and Nada has on the other side of the break. It's the Locked On Hornets podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. This is Locked On Hornets. Nature's first green is gold, her hardest hue to hold. Her early leaf's a flower, but only so an hour. Hmm. Then leaf subsides to leaf, so Eden sank to grief, so dawn goes down to day. Nothing gold can stay. We need the boys to mend with that now. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Is it the most Kawhi Leonard thing ever to sign a multi-year endorsement with New Balance shoe? Yes, it is. <laughs> That's the most. If you were to ask me what shoe would Kawhi Leonard endorse, I would say New Balance. It might be Vans for me, though. <laughs> I don't know. Vans are too cool. Vans have too much pop. New Balance. Vans are cool. Where? Where? They, they, they have too much pop compared to New Balance. Absolutely. No, they're on the same level. Oh, I would re- I would rep a pair of Vans before I rep the pair of New Balances out there. Really? I, not that I hate New Balance. It's just that I think if you want more pop, you go Vans. I will see your Kawhi Leonard New Balance ad and raise you Steph Curry repping water. Mm. Filtered water. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I have seen those. Yeah. I. That's fine. That's but, fine. I think... I think if you put the, all of those chips on the table, I think I'm taking home the pot. If if I'm going in, if I'm all in with Ki- with Kawhi and New Balance, and you're all in with Steph and Water, I think I'm taking home the pot. I think if either of those people endorsed chips, it would be plain Lay's potato chips. <laughs> I think we can both yeah, agree yes, on that. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I think we can absolutely. There's no flavor to it whatsoever, just like there's none to the New Balance basketball shoes. Thanks for joining us here once again on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. The Charlotte Hornets, they take on the Atlanta Hawks tonight at home. So the Hornets are 12-point favorites, but we can know we know that we can't trust the Charlotte Hornets. 12-point favorites. Hawks are playing on the second night of a back-to-back. If you go to ESPN's Charlotte Hornets homepage, it has the matchup predictor at an 88.7% 
Hornets victory tonight. 38% too high. <laughs> it's, it, this is the Hornets team that we've grown to loathe and love at the same time. That the Hornets can get a huge win against the Milwaukee Bucks right after an awful loss to the Atlanta Hawks. They can beat the Pacers and the Celtics, but they can lose to the Cleveland Cavaliers, get beat out by the Cleveland Cavaliers, and lose to the Chicago Bulls. I got to feel good about this one. Second night of a back-to-back, playing at home. And all the signs point towards a Hornets win. Maybe not covering. 12 points is a lot. I don't know if I'd be putting my money on that. If you want to go to mybookie.ag and put some money down, I'm not going to give you any suggestions on how to bet on the Charlotte Hornets. But I do think they have to get a victory. You would think so, but you would have also thought that on a second night of a back-to-back with the Milwaukee Bucks waiting for the Charlotte Hornets, that the Charlotte Hornets would have lost that game. At least that was on the road for the Bucks. I get it. I get it, but at least there was another one. You saw what a difference MKG made in that Milwaukee game, coming off the bench and and lighting a fire under this team. Energy plays all over the place. I have to think that that combined with them being at home, they seem to they seem to just play better when fans when home fans are looking at them. I have to think they win this game, but I still would not risk any of my hard-earned cash on it. <laughs> no, you can't ever do it. I don't think you can Take ever. Take the Hawks and the points, folks. <laughs> you can't. You're, you're risking your money. You're just doing it against the Charlotte Hornets. See, they burn you that way, too, though. Hey, the Charlotte Hornets, they find a way to burn you. Look, I wouldn't bet on it, but I'm betting that for them to cover because this is going to be one of those games where they sleepwalk through it till MKG shows up, <laughs> defends for a little bit. They release it, the Tasmanian devil. Exactly. The, the, he's going to do some some great defensive stuff, and then after that, they're going to go back into their lull. Trey Young will hit something from probably like discovery zone or something. He'll like go that. one for nine and and hit that fifty foot bomb. Yeah, right. exactly. And it's going to be a lot closer, and we're going to be again. There's going to be heartburn and just nerves and everything, and they're going to put us through the ringer mm-hmm. yet again. Discovery plays. I think Zach Lowe would enjoy. Discovery place. Zach Lowe. Yes. I think that's probably a good place to take him on the town. Tony Parker and MKG. Neither of those guys played the first time, I guess the second time against the Hawks, but that loss that just happened on Sunday. Neither of those guys played. Those guys coming back, that'll certainly help the Charlotte Hornets as well, I would think. So you look at those and looks like, it, at least to me, I think you do have to feel somewhat good. It's Just don't embarrass scary, us, guys. Scary to say that, but at least I think you have to feel somewhat good. Real quickly before we t- go to break, I know... Doug, that you had discussed maybe bringing out your Harry Potter takes, that you have been binge-watching Harry Potter for the good sake of, I think, just your wife is a big fan, correct? She's a big fan. It's Christmas time. It's the season of giving, and and I'm just trying to find some ways to, to put that light back into her eyes, and this was a great way to do it, watching a movie series <laughs> that she loves. So I've been partaking in it. I don't necessarily know if I've been enjoying it. They are certainly well-constructed movies, but yes, yeah, some people have been paying attention to my Twitter and asking my opinion on certain things. And I think it was uh, Nick Denning who has turned into a pseudo producer of this show all of a sudden. He has. He's, so, he's given us a couple of topics of content. Yeah, he wanted to know who I thought which would, I welcome. would be a good Quidditch player. Like a, what, which Hornets players oh, would make the best. that's a solid question. Yeah. I, I think like, I'll just give one that immediately came to mind for me, the Seeker. So this is the the guy that goes after the little, what is it called? The the Switch? The Golden Snitch. Golden, yeah. The Golden Switch. Golden uh, Snitch. S-N-I. Snitch. Go ahead. Okay. The, the, the Golden Snitch. Right. 
so I think Tony Parker. I think you have to put Parker right because yeah. he's he's extremely quick. He's but extreme- he has to be quick. Is Tony aging? Like Kimba seems he's to be the guy to me. He's got his first step back, baby. He's got that first step back. He's beating he's beating rookies. He's beating young kids to the rim, folks. Plus he's on he's on and a he's, broom. He's got the incredible vision. That's what you need. You got to see that little tiny switch, and you got to go after it. And that's what Tony Parker does. (laughs) I think I would go with Kimba Walker. Who are the beaters? Who are the big guys? The beaters, uh, well, the beaters, do they put the ball in the hoop? It's a hoop, right? It's called a hoop. What is the circle called? I actually don't know what the goal is called. I do not know what it's called. I think if that's, then it's got to be Kimba. Whoever puts the ball through the hoop, that's got to be Kimba. But those are the bigger guys. Like, those are the bigger, mean, defensive men almost. Well, Kimba would revolutionize the position. Yeah, you, Clifford would tell him, "Look, I don't know, Mike. You're going to be a, a beater in this league." I, I don't know, Mike Quidditch. I have no clue. We're coming to you from the Gittimer.com studios in Uptown Charlotte. If you're in sales and need help, visit Gittimer.com today to learn how they can help you do the one thing you want to do, and that's make more sales. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back with more here on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Hold on to your phone, Nada. This is Locked On Hornets. Charlotte. How strong is an ox? Are we? I think we're overrating the ox. Uh, we are I, not overrating the I ox. Need to see, I need mm. to see some medicals on the ox. Yeah, why don't you do the research on that? You put your lab glasses on. You take a look at it. I wonder if there's mind. anything on the internet. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Hornets need a win tonight just for the sake of our sanity, but looking at a couple of other games here in the near future on this homestand. So they started this homestand after coming back from Atlanta against the Milwaukee Bucks. They win that one, of course, 110 to 107. They've got the Hawks tonight, and they play their second Western Conference opponent. They've played two games. Both have been the Oklahoma City Thunder. So those are the only two games they've played against a Western Conference opponent. But Utah will be their second one, and they come to town Friday on November 30th and New Orleans comes to town on Sunday, December 2nd. So you will have a couple of other Western Conference opponents come to town on this homestand. I think if you're looking for a goal, if you're looking ahead of this, the four games that you see, I think you go 3-1. and one. I think you feel good about it. I think they go 3-1. and one. I can easily see 2-2, two and two, though. They have to win tonight to at least make me feel decent about this homestand. I can see Utah being a bad matchup especially with Gobert being able to protect the paint as much as he does and then Anthony Davis obviously being Anthony Davis. So just I, and just beyond this homestand, I think this is the time in December when the Hornets really have to make hay. A lot of games against New York, uh, Cleveland, Detroit, team, you know, teams that they can beat. A couple of games against Brooklyn at the end of the month. So this has to be a month where you know they 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 win significantly more than they lose uh, in in order to sustain what's going to be a very difficult January and well, February. Well, you mentioned all of that again. That comes on another homestand. Just a couple of road games sprinkled it in with Minnesota and New York, and then they're back for another five game homestand. In fact, I think it's yeah, it's a five game homestand. You mentioned Detroit a couple times. So and that one right from December twelfth to December twenty first, they get Detroit tr- twice. They get New York. Los Angeles and Cleveland, all of those are certainly winnable. So we've talked about it a million times. We'll continue to talk about it until the beginning of January. This is an important stretch of the season. Three and one against a Utah Jazz team that's kind of bleeding right now. And also in New Orleans, who I think has lost four straight. It's also why I don't see the Hornets really making a significant move trade-wise unless something just really falls into their lap until closer to the trade deadline when teams 
are a little bit more you know amiable and those those uh, the things that they're asking for come down a little bit because I think the Hornets look at this schedule and go we can sustain until we need to make a move to get playoff ready. I kind of agree with that. I do think December 15th is like December 14th, December 15th. Let's see where the record's at because if something goes wrong, I can see the I can see December 15th being the first time where they're like, "Okay, we got the, we're legally clear of having to do anything. Let's do it now." I didn't get a chance to give any of my Milwaukee Bucks takes, so before we get out of here, can I just say this? Have we ever seen a player go from hero to zero as fast as Pat Connaughton did. He had the highlight <laughs> dunk and then misses the the bunny. Uh, but I have to say, I've done that so many times in rec league basketball and growing up yeah. playing basketball. I beefed so many layups. Uh, Walker, have you pulled the Pat Connaughton there? Full breakaway, <laughs> wide open. All you got to do is put it in the hoop. And then, well, I, yeah, I slammed it home. I thought you were asking me if I've ever slammed it home like that. <laughs> Certainly have never done that before. Uh, I've never I've never had just an awful layup where I've ever missed it, where it was just me isolated. I don't think I've ever had anything like that. Certainly missed some layups Lucky. in my life. But I've definitely never slammed it. And I loved on Twitter watching everybody realize, oh, Pat Connaughton can do that. There was a lot of people that legitimately found out that white Pat Connaughton can jump like that, and people did not realize it, of yeah, course. Th- by just looking at him, you would think, no, they didn't. A lot of people thought, at least, unless you know about old Pat Connaughton. Yeah, exactly. I was like, where have y'all been? Have, <laughs> right. Do you guys not have YouTube? <laughs> yeah, I like, mean, YouTube is a thing, guys. 44-inch vertical in the combine. We saw him do that kind of thing at Notre Dame and in Portland. So it was fun to see everybody learn that Pat Connaughton has that in his bag. All right, thanks for listening to Locked On Hornets here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Hornets. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, wherever you get your podcast. Just search Locked On Hornets. We'll be back to recap the Hawks game tomorrow.